Hi, welcome to Help Me Unlock. I'm your host, Aditi. This podcast documents my business growth journey, my unlocking journey in real time. At any given point, I've got 30 bottlenecks that I'm working on unlocking so that I can move my business to the next level. Whether that's revenue, client servicing, marketing, product design, skill set, or another area that I need to level up. The thing is, I don't have any answers for you. I just have one repeating question. Can you help me unlock? Each episode is a live coaching session with an expert, an author, a thought leader, someone to whom I pose that very question. The Help Me Unlock podcast is serendipity at its best. In every episode, you discover the hidden gem, the secret, the key to unlock at the exact same moment that I discover it. These conversations are private and precious to me and sharing them with you is to me a way of celebrating. You see, I've had the immense pleasure of stumbling onto my life's purpose, ever learning, ever sharing and ever serving. I'm delighted that you're diving in, celebrating and discovering with me. Start anywhere you like and I will see you inside. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Help Me Unlock podcast. I'm your host, Aditi, and my guest today is Paul Clark. To explain what Paul does, I've got a question for you. Do you know when you are having a high performance day? You know, one of those days where you've got that feeling of complete flow in your work, you're getting stuff done, crushing those sales calls, and then when you leave your office or step out of the home office at the end of the day, you've got a bit of a spring in your step. Those days are what Paul helps create more of for executives and entrepreneurs all over the world. Paul is a performance coach and the founder of Connect Performance with a combined 30 years of applied experience in premium brand sales, entrepreneurship, business leadership, and sports performance. Paul works with SME companies, business leaders, and independent professionals today in Ireland and all over the world to get them to a place where high performance is their normal. Paul's 9 to Thrive program is a science-backed program that uses individualized data to create the insights necessary for you to take your personal performance to a whole new level. As I read more about Paul's work, I was very curious, so I reached out to him with a bunch of questions and asked him to be on the podcast, and Paul sent across one of his health tracker devices to me, and that was the beginning of this adventure. In this episode, Paul and I talk about my results from the health tracker device, bedtime rituals and triggers to avoid before bed, the 3S system for high performance. We also talk about a concept that's been used for decades by the sports performance experts and apply it to our new digital world. We also talk about how to make your high performance level the new normal, how stress affects your performance and no, it's not what you've been told. You're going to learn how to make stress work for you and how to turn it off. We also talk about game-changing habits that you can implement today. With no further ado, let's welcome Paul Clark. Paul, thank you so much for being here. Really, really glad that you're doing this and giving me some time on your Friday afternoon. Aditi, good to see you. How are you? 
Very good. Very good. Thank you. I can't I can't wait to dive into this, Paul, because um, we've had a few conversations about the performance formula before and applied it to me in my case. And it's just always been one of those, OK, I really have to go now conversations because sure, we just yeah. don't stop. <laughs> um, so let's start there, Paul. Let's start at the performance formula itself. How did that come to be? Talk to me about it. OK. Um I suppose probably if I'll go back a step, I'll explain what I do first to, to mm-hmm. people who don't know me. Um, I operate a business called Connect Performance. And effectively what we do is we work with people like the leaders of small to medium enterprises, entrepreneurs, independent professionals, business leaders, effectively, um, who want to build a bridge between their performance today and high performance on a consistent basis. So they've effectively got a high level of capability, but their ability to access that capability is, it can be quite challenged. And in layman's terms, effectively, what that can mean is that instead of having days that they, he or she would rate at eight or nine out of 10, which is at a high performance level, they regularly have days that they might say are five or six out of 10. And that's kind of a gut feel. But And then how it actually feels on a day-to-day basis is that they're kind of spinning their wheels. So they're almost driving with their foot on the accelerator and the brake at the same time. So they're giving it everything, but there's something holding them back. And it's quite frustrating because they don't understand what that actually is. And typically these, as I said, these are kind of high capability people. I mean, if they run businesses, they started businesses, they could have 100, 200 people working for them. So they, they know their stuff, they're smart and they're good at what they do. But therein lies the frustration insofar as you know, they may go off and, and try and sharpen the saw in terms of more capability, better capability, and then nothing changes. So there's that added frustration. So now I'm spending lots of money on training, but nothing's changing. And equally well, there's all the other, you know, the frustrations around maybe your own natural energy levels falling. So they go home in the evening time, they've, they've nothing left to give to family. You know, they might have played some golf or engaged in some hobby before. They've given that up because they're lethargic. The energy's not there. You know, even back at base, things like talented people that that really need to be feel inspired and motivated, they're leaving because you're just you're just not operating at that high level that they can draw from as well. So there's many many um, I guess spin off negative effects to this, and overall then it's just this frustration and this malaise that you know what's going on here. I just I don't get it. I'm, I'm giving it everything and yet I feel like I'm going backwards here. You know. I'm, I'm running fast and at best I'm standing still. In fact, I'm probably going backwards. So they kind of come with that. And to your point there about the performance formula, if you like, um, the way I, I suppose I explain it to people that I work with first off is that as I see performance, it's capability multiplied by ability. So capability is, is quite obvious. It's your own natural skill set. But then your ability is a force multiplier of that. So if you have capability that's really high as, as a lot of these guys and girls do that would say is nine out of ten the performance they get is is grounded in and is governed by their ability to access that capability so if they say on a particular day if i say to you aditi how do you feel today you just go eh, five well yeah then really that, five today yeah that five <laughs> governs your capability so the best that you can give today is probably five out of ten with the best will in the world and on a one-off, that's not a huge problem. But when that's happening consistently over a period of time, then it becomes a problem because you get frustrated. You feel there's something badly wrong. You can't get the answer. You're used to getting answers. You're used to working through things. Mm. But quite quickly, you know, you, you just, you're stuck. 
Um, and you kind of, as I said, you're, you're kind of running around in a, in a round room looking for a corner almost. It's that, it's yeah. that level of frustration. Yeah. So people kind of intuitively get that, that, that kind of formula piece that, you know, okay, so I am a high capability person. So there's nothing wrong in that respect. It's just that I can't really access it. Mm. And the good thing is, is that there's, I guess, principles and bedrock habits that will help you quite quickly access that level of, of, of higher performance. Um, There's no guarantees of course, but I mean, I guess if you don't have, if you don't have, I suppose, a good grasp of these bedrock habits, Mm. you're just not going to get there. If you do your chance of getting there are far, far higher. So where we pull these from, we'll speak about them. I'm sure as we go on, where we pull them from is is the the other world that I work on, which is the world of sports performance with athletes, because Mm -hmm. typically and and sports players, typically they're, they're quite high performers. Right. But they intuitively get that what they've got to focus on is not their performance, is being mm. ready to perform. They oh, get that. They it. get that 100%. Yeah. They, to them, yeah. that's just second nature. They kind of go, look, the performance will take care of itself. If I'm ready to perform and ready to prepare well every day, well, yeah. then things will be fine. If I prepare yeah. at 6 out of 10 every day, well, guess what? My mm. performance is going to be 6 out of 10. I can't suddenly magic 8 or 9 out of 10. Right. You can get lucky once or twice, but on an ongoing yeah. basis, you're not going to get lucky. Absolutely. How, how did that gap presence itself to you, Paul? Was it a personal experience or did you just see it happening around you? Because I know you worked with a lot of high sure. performance sales teams. Yeah. Um, probably with myself, probably my own past life is in um, the world of premium brand sales and business mm-hmm. development. And obviously then in the world of sport and kind of coaching, management, sports science, that kind of place. So I guess I live at the intersection of those two worlds um, and that's where connect performance has come from. Mm. But in, in those two worlds, pretty much at, in and around the same time that the kind of the stars aligned in terms of understanding this piece, um, it was kind of hiding in the wide open in, in the world of sports performance. But then when mm. I went back to kind of my professional ongoing career where, where, I, where I paid the bills, if you like, in the world of sales, I could see quite quickly that, hold on a second, you know, I'm, I'm working with big, big brands here. I need to be on top of my game. There's high competition. But, you know, sometimes my results are good. Sometimes they're not so good. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not so good. I'm like, why is this? It's just inconsistent. So when I map that against, say, some of the footballers I'm working with, I kind of went, we wouldn't accept that off those guys. But yet I'm accepting it off myself. So, so what's happening here? So as mm-hmm. I came to understand it, then when I mapped one on top of the other, I began to understand that I was quite outcome focused instead of process focused. So when you're process focused, you begin to, as I said, to use that term, you begin to understand it's all about being ready to perform. So Mm -hmm. my capabilities in terms of premium brand sales and business development and account management were good. Right. Um, But the way I turned up every day may not have been so good. Mm. (laughs) So I probably put too much store in my own level of capability thinking, you know what, I'm good. And that's fine. It's good to have that confidence. But I kind of put too much into it and didn't, I guess, um, to use the phrase beat on my craft mm. and, and kind of understand what got me to that point of being good. And what got me to that point of being good was having all the I's dotted and T's crossed and all the controllables. So I kind of maybe perhaps lost sight of the controllables, those bedrock habits and principles mm. that will absolutely help you be ready to perform. But if you yeah. haven't got those in place on a consistent basis, you're going to run into sand. And as yes. I discovered myself, um, yeah. unfortunately, 
you know, I had the the insight from from my other life at the time to kind of quickly understand, okay, well, you know, I, I need to reverse things here. I need to reverse engineer. If I want a, a performance that we'll call nine out of 10, mm. I need to be able to perform at nine out of 10, which means I need to be getting ready at nine out of 10, which means my habits need to be nine out of 10, um, which sounds quite draconian, but that's, that's the world of high performance. Right. So, and high performance is, is kind of like a state of being. I mean, you know, you're a high performer, you know, you're, you're not going to the Olympics tomorrow or anything like that, but you are because mm. why? Because you run your own business. If you don't run it to a high level, it's just going to, going to go that way and there'll right. be no business anymore. Right. So high right. performance is something that people kind of, when they hear it, they think of athletes and they think of the, this, the fortune 500 CEOs, but it's, it's relative. So an entrepreneur can be, and probably has to be a high performer. Mm. Um, an independent professional, a coach, a consultant by nature has to be a high performer mm. um, because they can only give what they've got. You know, if they are, if they, you know, if I'm your coach and I land to you today thinking, you know what, well, I feel, I only feel about six out of 10 here, mm. you know, and you're paying oh, me for coaching. How, how can I give you, how can I give you any more than what I've got? Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's, there's a lot of things, okay, fair enough, outside of our control, but I focus on what's in our control and people intuitively get that, that you can't, you know, you, that the other things fly in the wind and the, the controllables will control them. Let's let's go into the controllables because I'm itching to to talk about the bedrock habits, the sure. what you, what can you do to improve your chances of performing at that optimal level every day? Sure. So effectively, what we bring to the party is an individualized approach. So rather than mapping something onto you that that's kind of for want of a better phrase, one size fits all. We'll mm. map some, we'll map a solution onto you that, that we use with everybody else, but it's individualized and personalized through science and data. Mm. So effectively, um, our process is known as nine to thrive. And within that, there's the three S principles that are really those bedrock habits and lifestyle habits that I speak about. So when we when we activate the nine to thrive program with you, we look at stress, we look at sleep, and we look at staying active. So mm. to kind of go into those in a little bit of detail. So you'll understand the, the importance of them all. If we take stress first off, so what we do is over um, a three-day period, we assess your physiology to look at your stress levels and more to the point, your ongoing stress levels and your response to that. And it's important to note that there's nothing wrong with stress. We're not saying stress is bad. We need some stress, especially high performers. They need to be able to operate and, and activate, if you like. But equally well, they can't be triggered all the time. And this is where athletes kind of kind of come into their own. So if you go and watch, say, a sprinter training, it's probably quite a boring experience, actually. Mm -hmm. um, insofar as that they're either fully on or they're just walking or sitting. It's one or the other. Right. Okay. So yeah, because they well, have rest and recovery. Exactly. Rest and recovery. They, un they understand the whole the, the effect of restoration. Whereas if yeah. you take, say, our world, the entrepreneur world or the CEO world, there's, there's a, a business leader world. There's a very high propensity to being triggered all the time, always on. And then mm. you, you have this, you have this ongoing chronic high stress level. Yeah. So to come back to it, there's nothing wrong with stress as long as it goes on and it goes off. So it's looking to see that do people have these periods of restoration built into their day where they mm. can recharge their battery. So is that mm. over a period of time that the battery is not going like this? So, you know, in, in real terms, in real speak, on a Monday, if you start here, on a Friday, you should be kind of finishing about here. 
Whereas mm-hmm. most people kind of go boom, and probably by about Thursday lunchtime, they're gone. They're, there's right. nothing left, which is a high so, percentage so for, of the week. For people that are purely listening to this and not watching us, Paul, sure. so on a Monday, if we could do this on a scale, on a Monday, yeah. if you're starting off at, say, an eight. Yeah, they, they, they kind of just gradually, there's marginal D gains then all week long, fueled right. by these, um, I guess, not being well versed in these lifestyle bedrock habits, right. which means that your battery probably just goes down to around a five by Thursday lunchtime. So mm. you, you're, you're kind of spinning your wheels at that stage. You, you kind of, It's very hard to rescue the situation at that stage. So right. it's, I guess, I mean, it's reversible once you understand the habits and, and stress mm. is a big, big part of that. So what we mm. do is we look at it over the 24 hour period. So we not just look at it during your daytime, we look at it in the evening time as well, which then leads us into looking at your sleep, analyzing your sleep. Right. And what we do there is using your physiology and your physiological feedback because well, effectively your heart can't lie. So what we're looking at is, is kind of deep heart rate data called heart rate variability. Right. Um, that allows us to not only look at your sleep quantity, mm-hmm. but we look in depth at your sleep quality. So right. for example, a lot of people would say to me, yeah, Paul, but I'm getting seven hours, but we're able to show them in detail that within their seven hours, there's not much quality. So the level like of restoration. Yeah, correct. Yeah. 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 Correct. We, yeah, you, we found you, you out were, that... I didn't want to say it, but you were a prime example. Yeah, but it's all, it, that's all good. Um, <laughs> we're, we're here to knock me down, Paul. So go for it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's honest feedback. That's all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you were a prime example, as I said, just yeah. someone that's, you know, high energy, high achieving, high performing. You, you, you kind of look me in the eye and go, yeah, but Paul, I'm getting seven hours sleep. Mm. But again, we're able to show that within that, there was only an X amount of restoration recovery that wasn't becoming yeah. of a high performer. I distinctly remember being more cocky about it as well. I'm pretty sure I yeah. said, Paul, I sleep like a champ. And yeah. and you were like, yeah, sure. Okay. Just put your heart rate monitor on. <laughs> yeah. it's um, And that's, that's kind of common because I think high performing people don't like to think that there's any, you know, intrinsic sense of weakness that anything that can knock them down is out there or somebody else. It cannot be something in me, within me, that's under my control. That's, that's just not a runner. Um, and, and it, it's, you know, it, it, it takes, it takes a little bit of time and a little bit of, you know, I suppose gentle persuasion to show people that this is the case, that it's not good or bad. It just mm. is. And mm-hmm. then when you frame it like that, when people understand that, look, it just is, it's something we've got to change. And guess what? I can, I can help you change it. But before we change, we have to understand the situation. So quite quickly, we can understand that. But it's, it's one thing actually seeing that, seeing that mm-hmm. the, the quality of your sleep is, is, is below average, we'll say, for example, or, or not what we need it to be. But then mm-hmm. why is that the case? And that's the importance of measuring your physiology over 24 hours. So we can see perhaps okay. what's happening in the one to two hours before you go to sleep, before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. So again, typically in our always on world, our business leader is triggered all day long, highly stressed. They tend to bring work home with them because right. the real effect is that, you know, when you're spinning your wheels, you just do more. That's the default. Right. I'm going to do more. I'm going to get out of this. So they'll do work at home. Perhaps kids have gone to bed, open the laptop, do some emails, read some work-related materials. And 
you know, people will say to me, but I'm only reading. But the point is you're going to bed triggered. You're going to bed in a stressful state. They mm-hmm. don't have that kind of, I guess, come down period into bedtime. It's almost like in, in, in sports parlance, like a cool down period. Mm-hmm. They don't have that. Where in the hour before bed, the devices are turned off or put away, put over out of arm's reach. They may engage in something a little bit more, you know, downbeat, something like, you know, uh, fiction reading, that kind of thing that doesn't require emotional investment. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, you know, bump up the stress levels. Yeah. Even things like we, you know, I'd often see it sometimes with people who enjoy gaming. Um, you know, they play games before bed, but again, they're going to bed, they're going to the sleep worst. awfully triggered because they're they're living oh, in absolutely. world of war or something like that, or warhammer. I kind used of thing. to struggle. I used to struggle when when my husband would play what is it called, Call of Duty, yeah, before before bed, and I wasn't even playing. But just the amount of flashing yeah. in the room, I was like, no, like I can't sleep if that's going on. Yeah. So I don't I have no idea how he kind of put himself through that. But then also he struggled to, to sleep. He's always yeah. struggled to sleep. So those are the little things I'm guessing that the small things, it's so yeah. interesting that you said about reading, Paul, because um, mm-hmm. I I used to I always read before bed for for a, a few minutes even if it's been a long day I will just pick up my book for 5 or 10 minutes and I used to read whatever I was reading through the day so it would be a typically a business book or something I'm learning about marketing or whatever it is um and that used to put me into this imaginative mode of what mm-hmm. I want to do tomorrow and kind of kick me kick me back into action just before bed or sure. I would journal, which was terrible as well. Cause, and, and I think that's something that we saw in, in the yeah. pattern. That's something I was doing in the last couple of hours that was, so I'd have a really relaxed evening. And then in the last 15 minutes before bed, I'd either read something high energy that, that puts me in, in like this productive state of mind, or I'd journal, which also meant I planned my next day. And both of those things just I've stopped doing them now in mm-hmm. in the last few weeks since since we did this and it's made such a big difference. I don't know what the numbers would say or what the charts sure, yeah. would say, but mm-hmm. I'm so much more rested going to bed because I don't switch back on. Yeah, you see, it's it's kind of a, you know, when, when you've kind of got a, a level of objective individualized data and feedback to show you that, it's far more easy to, to kind of take action on that as opposed to a one size fits all kind of thing because all this mm-hmm. information is out there. It's mm-hmm. nothing new per se. We mm-hmm. all know a lot of things we shouldn't be doing, but until it's individualized and targeted and specific to us, then we tend not to take notice. Now I'll put my hand up here as well. So, you know, is there anything wrong intrinsically with journaling? No, there's not. It's quite a good thing to do. Right. However, if we're able to show you that this is something that's, you know, triggering you or putting you into what I call the fight or flight state, mm-hmm. as opposed to the feed and breed state, Mm-hmm. then being in the fight and flight state going to bed is not a good place to be because it's almost like if we imagine what's under the skin as being a computer, what we're doing is revving up this high power computer before we go to bed when right. we should be winding it down to let it reboot during the night, recharge, mm-hmm. reboot, restore. So that tomorrow morning we wake up and we're good. So sometimes I'd never say, say to anybody, you know, Aditi, stop journaling, stop reading, stop doing anything. It's just a matter of finding balance. Mm-hmm. And maybe finding different places for these things. So the mm-hmm. round block doesn't go into the square hole. Well, let's look for the round hole. You know, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think maybe we said to you, I mean, well, how about, you know, when you come home from the gym, 
you know, you were, you were having a meal with your husband that showed as a, it was a highly restorative phase for you just mm-hmm. immediately after that, maybe before watch some TV, then do your journaling and then put it away for that 90 minutes, two hours before bedtime. Right. So it's, it's, again, it's just rearranging the furniture for better effect. That's all mm-hmm. it is. It's not, you know, it's not saying, you know, stop this. This is so bad. Stop, 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 stop. Yeah. You know, so it's just changing habits. So equally well, some people enjoy perhaps say a glass of wine in the evening time. You know, mm-hmm. it's not for me to say stop it, but what I will say to them is, look, I can show you that when you have it just before bedtime, it has a triggering effect in terms of the stress response within your body that alcohol causes. Mm-hmm. So how about having it a little bit earlier? So yeah. that's the that's the first two S is stress and sleep. The third one is a little more obvious. It's staying active, which is your physical activity levels. Mm-hmm. However, <clears throat> what I can absolutely say is that the more people go into the performance, the downward performance spiral, the first mm-hmm. thing to actually go is their physical activity levels. A hundred percent. You know, it's because the they easiest end up, one to, to yeah, drop off the calendar. I'll, I'll go to the gym tomorrow I'll, or I'll take a run tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And the reason I think is quite simple is that once people hit this downward spiral, you know, in the early days, they don't feel it. But all of a sudden, when the marginal D gains accelerate, they begin to feel it. They begin to get a little bit panicked and a bit stressed about it mm. and start trying to do more, trying to work their way out of it which in some ways is, is, is reasonably admirable. I mean, it's, it's coming from the right place. The motivation is correct, but the, the practice isn't necessarily correct. So they mm-hmm. end up neglecting things, their physical activity levels, which they need to function at a high level. High mm-hmm. performers need physical activity. That's, that's just set in stone. It's not anything I made up. Right. Yeah. Um, so what we can do is we can show them on an ongoing basis the levels of physical activity they ha- that they get over and beyond just your normal walking to the office or walking around the office, but actually engaging in a level of um, moderate and vigorous activity mm-hmm. along the lines, what, what, which will be recommended by things like World Health Organization, et cetera, just in right. terms of maintaining a good level of health. Um, right. As distinct from kind of fitness. I mean, you know, some of the people we work with are, are quite fit naturally, and, and that's fine. We can talk to them about that on a different level. But mm-hmm. then other people, we talk to them about physical activity for health purposes in yeah. terms of a healthy lifestyle, in terms of movement. Yeah, exactly. In terms yeah. of just bedrock habits, you know, and then we're able to show them based on, on their physiological response, how much moderate activity they're getting, how much vigorous activity they're getting, and then plot mm-hmm. that against what they should be getting in terms of recommended levels mm-hmm. to see. And then with that, then <clears throat> what comes out the other side of that then is if you remember is the body resource battery. Um, that yeah. graph, which is able to, as we spoke about earlier, show them that they start on a Monday or day one at X and show them then at the end of the three day period, how far they've fallen in terms of their body resource battery, what's drained mm-hmm. it, or whether the same, they've maintained parity or whether they're actually in good, in great condition. Mm-hmm. Probably the split would be probably 65, 70% of people would be significantly lower in terms yeah. of body resource. On, on a Friday. As yeah, exactly. And that would map on onto your week. So it makes sense right. to people that kind of go, yeah, you know what? Every Thursday lunchtime, I'm gone. There's nothing yeah. I can do. I'm just, I'm wiped. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a small percentage of people have this thing sussed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Know, very small Some, percentage of people. Um, you something know, and, and, you, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. No, you're fine. Oh, something you shared uh, a couple of minutes ago just made me think about, um, so there was a time, Paul, when I hit, basically burnout and just a little before the pandemic and I mm-hmm. needed to take a step back and take a big break. And I'm guessing that was the body resource battery, not just kind yeah. of 
losing charge but crashing and 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 burning so i had to stop it's common it's really really common um but at that point you know i so i'm an early riser and i i will wake up in the morning and the first thing i do is for me the gym is like a non-negotiable because i Mm -hmm. i love starting my day that way but because stress levels were so high at work and there was just so much going on I would wake up at 4 a.m. and instead of hitting the gym at 5, I'd open up my laptop and mm-hmm. start working at 4.30 in the morning and not stop until 7 or 8 p.m. And so it wasn't just dropping the exercise off off my list of things to do. It was adding on an additional yeah. three hours of work in the morning. And no wonder I felt so depleted by the end of the week, because like you said, it's not, it's not a matter of then going to bed and getting eight hours of sleep tonight. It's the fact that I just didn't restore enough to, to to keep the energy levels going. You see, and don't forget as well. I mean, a lot of people exactly like that, your story there. I mean, that that's, that's very, very common and, but they'll give themselves a hard time, but Mm. don't forget that that's, that's fostered online. I mean, the grind is fetishized. Mm-hmm. You know, the grind is normalized and fetishized at this stage. You know, yeah. the reality is, is that this, this is not only costing people on a human level because mm-hmm. their personal relationships suffer because they haven't got anything left to give. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their, their, their relationships with friends, their hobbies, all of these kind of things begin to suffer. The amount of time off they take goes way, way down. They, they enjoy it less and less. But there's mm-hmm. also massive financial impact. If you take up to a third of VC funded startups fail because not because of the idea failing, but because the, the owner, the founder or the founding team grind themselves to a halt. So wow. all of a sudden you're into millions, just gone down, gone down in a hole. It's just gone. It's wiped out Yeah, yeah. because it's something that's largely controllable. Um, and yeah. I say largely controllable because in the world of sports performance that I also yeah. have one leg in, you know, um, athletics teams, football teams, sports teams in general, mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. understand intuitively that we need the best chance we have of success is the players being available and, and ready to go all the time. Right. They just get that. They understand right. that. And then results are connected to money, et cetera, et cetera. And they understand mm-hmm. that, look, if we want to do well, the players have to be able to do well, which mm-hmm. means we monitor them. And then we're able to have, we kind of have simple traffic light systems, orange, red and green and red means whoa 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 stop orange means oh we could be running into trouble here we need to look at this and green means mm-hmm. we're good to go good to go and that's yeah. that's that's done every day and, and they're very simple ways of doing it um they they yeah. are they do what we're speaking about they, they monitor physiology but then they'll also back that up with subjective how are you feeling today Didi? um you know and if, mm-hmm. if your perception is i'm okay you know I'm about five or six out of ten and then we look at your monitoring and we go yeah it's about five or six out of ten you know, on a one-off basis, it's not a big deal. It's something mm. to keep an eye on. But mm. two, three, four, five days, you kind of go, okay, whoa, 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 something's yeah. something's wrong here. Now, if you, you take that into a company, mm. even a small startup, small, medium business, it doesn't really matter. But what if there's a company of, let's say, 50 people and there's a leadership team of five or six people, and mm. that leadership team of five or six people are functioning at about five or six out of 10 every day is the ship going to float or sink i mean i'd say you know with confidence it's going to sink sooner rather Mm -hmm. than later because Mm -hmm. the energy levels within the business are are compromised the leadership levels are obviously compromised the people Mm -hmm. you know at the next level down from the leadership team aren't inspired aren't motivated 
they're going mm. to move on. Those talented people are going to move on quite quickly. Are you going to replace them? How much is it going to cost to replace them? All of these kind of things. So, I mean, yeah. your sales team are looking, going, you know, what's, what's going on here? They're not energized. They're not motivated. So there's impacts in terms of money in, money out, and all of a sudden you have a perfect storm. So, mm. and you can, you can, I think everybody will intuitively understand that instead of addressing symptoms, we should be addressing root cause. And that's really what we're doing here. That's what the whole nine to thrive program is about. It's about addressing root cause. It's starting yeah. at 101 and saying, okay, you know what? Obvious as it sounds, if you're not getting proper sleep, proper activity, controlling stress levels, understanding that, managing, balancing stress levels, you're, you're going nowhere. You're probably going down, actually. Um, right. You're going nowhere at best and going down at worst. And, and that's, that's, the, that's the reality of it. Yeah. And then being able yeah. to... to present data to people that's personalized and specific to them helps in terms of that. So it leaves us in yeah. a position then at the end of the consultation, we're able to kind of really have a look at their lifestyle and say, okay, let's set one or two goals, one or two small details that we can change quite quickly or that they can change and take control of quite quickly and make progress on. Mm. So then we can monitor them again in a month or two or three months, whatever we, whatever we recommend and, and then be able to show them that so that yeah. they can then say, okay, now I'm ready to do, I'm ready to take on this or this or this or whatever the case may be and just keep making these these changes on an ongoing basis. You know what? It's the same as they would in processes in business. They keep tweaking and changing just to find a better way. Yeah. It's the exact yeah. same mindset. It's it's no different. I mean, it's it's like yeah. it's you know, the analogy I'll use is that you'll you'll service your car, mm. but do you do the same with yourself? <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. people they mind their cars better than they mind themselves. Absolutely. No. And, and I mean, it's just, it's like you said, you're just so busy and like as a, as a business owner, you, there's a, there's a quarter plan. There's a one-year plan. There's a three-year plan. There's a five-year plan. And it never feels like the right time to slow down and, and focus on kind of what's keeping the engines running. So I, I completely understand that. But so Paul, I have been through that test with you kind yeah. of or, or the process and we, we had the data to look at and it opened my eyes to a lot of things but for and I would strongly recommend doing it that way for anyone that's listening please reach out to Paul and get it it's like a quick was it three days that three we analyzed days, yeah. Yeah, yeah, effectively, yeah yeah and then so I sent my device back to Paul and then we had this great conversation about what we saw and he he showed me kind of you showed me all the little, the rest and recovery periods in my day. And it was finding out little things like, okay, so cooking is like very um, exactly, restorative yeah. for me or or having a meal with my husband was very relaxing for me. And then I straight away put myself in a stressful situation after that I didn't imagine was a stressful one. So just knowing the, those little things. But for people who don't have that and who want to kind of step out of this and do something about what they're yeah. listening to right now, what do you recommend can be a good like self-assessment or some, some self-improvement steps? Yeah, I think um, just doing something subjectively every day. So, you know, mm. you just ask yourself at the start of every day, how do I feel today out of 10? And just whatever your gut feel is, don't, you know, don't put too much thought into it, three or four <laughs> seconds max. And, and that's mm. generally speaking pretty accurate. And then you can kind of, you know, really kind of try to understand, okay, well, why is that? Well, you know what? I feel a bit tired. Okay. Why? Well, I went to bed late last night or I had a few drinks before bed or, you know what? I was actually, I was reading a, a marketing paper before bed or I was trying, I was reading some CPD stuff or something like that. Mm -hmm. So they can begin to, I suppose, um, 
understand Find the patterns. Exactly. Yeah. You're looking for habits and patterns that occur on a regular enough basis, but you can, there's a cause and effect that becomes quite obvious. So there's that, mm. there's that piece in terms of the stress piece It's just throughout your day. It's been a bit more aware and present and kind of understanding that, you know what, there are going to be stressful events. So I've got a, I've got a sales meeting for a sales conversation or sales presentation or something like that at 3 PM. Mm. And then I, I always diary in something else straight after it. So you mm. may, what, what typically tends to happen if you take sales teams as an example, they'll tend to kind of um, back up appointments. So they'll have one at one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. So my right. point is, is like, right, okay, you've got to get in X amount a day, but what about giving yourself 10, 15 minutes of a breather between them? Mm. You know, you're not, you're not going to become a better sales professional in the 10 or 15 minutes. But mm. what you can do is, is just stick in the, the AirPods, just listen to some music for 10 or 15 minutes, pick up a book, just read that. Just mm -hmm. come down, just restore. So you're not triggered all the time. You're just not in this high alert situation all the time. Mm. Um, so there's that. And it's just understanding those stressful events that, you know what, that we just can't get rid of. Mm. We may need to give a pitch. We're not particularly comfortable public speaking. So it kind of go, mm. okay, well, what about a little period of relaxation before it and after it? I'm talking 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's just factoring those in. So as you kind of, people begin to understand, okay, that's a stressful event. So I need to kind of, put money in the bank after that. I need to build up restoration credit after that. And then physical activity, I think is just, you know, you'll understand yourself how many times a week do I run? Do I go to a gym? Do I go for a walk? Whatever it might mm. be. And then say, okay, well, yeah, sometimes three times, sometimes never, sometimes one time a week. <laughs> and that's, I think that's just a commitment thing, really. That's just a scheduling piece. Yeah. Um, but accepting the fact that that can be quite challenging for people to say, well, look, it start off small. Start yeah. off at 15 minutes, then 20, then 25, then 30, you know, or mix it up or do what's possible. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, yeah. it's, it's, it may not always be possible because of family life, work life to get to the gym four times a week. Mm -hmm. It may not be possible to go for a 10 K run four times a week for whatever mm -hmm. reason, but mm -hmm. work out what is possible and what is controllable and, and try yeah. and do that. Um, and I think there's nothing, there's no thing as bad progress. Mm. Once people are kind of making a little bit of progress, that fuels the whole piece, that, that fuels the whole embracing of change. Right. Because the good thing with this stuff is that you begin to see it and feel it. You begin to see it in your performance. You feel it in yourself. You kind of go, okay, something's mm. shifting here. Something's changing here. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, it's, you know, the gold standard is to have data to, and graphs to look at and to understand exactly, exactly in detail what's happening. Mm. But you can make a series of changes quite quickly. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. That, that will that will have a, a, a quite an impact quite quickly um and that's that's ultimately what we're after i mean i think everybody can everybody can access a level of high performance as i said to you it, it's it's quite relative it's a state of being you know whether you're a fortune 500 ceo just starting up a business if you're a baker if you're a coach it it, it doesn't preclude you from mm -hmm. not being a high performer everybody can be a high performer mm -hmm. um you know, I, I know kind of my own dad would have had a, a manual job, but would have seen uh, would have seen himself giving the best of himself all the time. Right. And that to me is 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 high performance. You know, it's yeah. it's yeah, absolutely it's relative. And I, I think that connects back to 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 the the hustle culture piece and the 
kind of the grind that is fetishized today, right? And sure, yeah. it doesn't, the, that brings to mind, the, the, every time we talk about it, every time you mention it, it brings to mind this this meme that made it, that kind of blew up the internet at one point a few years ago of this picture of like a building with all of the windows blacked out and mm-hmm. one light on in this one little sure, window. Yeah. And there was an arrow that said, that's, that's the entrepreneur. And it was just... Uh, it made you feel so, it made me feel so inadequate and so little because I thought, hang on, that's not me. Like I don't have the midnight lamp burning Mm -hmm. and am I doing enough? And, um, you know, maybe I should be, maybe I should be switched on more. Maybe I should be doing more. And it's, it's exhausting because that, it puts you in the state of mind where you think high performance is, like you said, more or showing mm. up more, doing more. And, and it's not necessarily at all. No, not at all. I mean, it's just like it can become what you described there is like a woodpecker at the side of your head all the time. It's just it's mm-hmm. a constant reminder. And it's this constant feeling of, ina- of inadequacy. And, you, you know, you're, you're chasing the ghost all the time almost. Mm-hmm. And and it's not a ghost. I mean, and the downside is and, and it. We, we need to talk more about it. It's not just about us um, yeah. because let's, let's be honest, right? We're entrepreneurs. We, we tend to think about us all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's all about me. That's, I mean, I put my hand up, you know, I put my hand up. And, you know, that's, that's, that's unfortunately the nature of the beast. It is. But when we look at it, put it through the lens of everyone around you, put mm-hmm. it through the lens of the family you've got to go home to, that you mm-hmm. live with, your friends, mm-hmm. you know, what are they getting? What are they getting out of this? Um, equally well, if you're a business leader, well, what are the people around you getting out of this? You know, are they motivated, inspired, feeling protected, feeling that someone's looking out for them? Or are they kind of going that this guy or girl are in their own planet here? You know, they've, they've kind of got their own language. They've got their own speak. Everything's about work. You know, yeah. there's no fun. There's no mm. nothing. I mean, yeah, they're making money, but so what? Yeah. You know, so yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it, that's it, just... That left me with so much, Paul, because I had a friend that called me yesterday that said, um, I know you don't, I know your schedule is too packed for us to do something spontaneous, but if you're (laughs) ever down to like grab some lunch together. And I was like, oh my God, when did I become this beast? I was like, yeah, "Yeah, like let's have lunch together today. And it was so nice to have that. We had a a 90 minute lunch, which I don't usually do in the middle Mm -hmm. of the week um, unless it's scheduled in. But the work that I did after that lunch, sure. it was it was great because I was relaxed and I just I decided, OK, I'm just going to take the rest of this home. And I, I sat down in my office at home and knocked out in the next hour and a half what would have what what I'd blocked out a whole Monday morning for. So it was just I needed that rest. I needed that break. So 100%. You see, yeah, it's it just like, you know, go back to, I think I said earlier on about going watching a sprint or training. I mean, you take someone that, that performs at a really, really high level, say mm-hmm. a world championship level, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been lucky enough to work with some of them. They're also world champions at resting, trust me. Yes. You know, the world <laughs> champions at downtime and resting. There's mm-hmm. no two ways, because they, they understand, the people around them understand when you're on, you're on, when you're off, you're off. And that that's just it. And you know, we, we before we, we came on air, we were just talking about the whole working from home piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that that has fueled it a lot as well because I think oh, when you when you're working working from home, you feel this innate sense I must be doing more, or everyone's gonna mm-hmm. think that I'm, you know, I'm skiving, I'm dossing, and 
I think there's got to be, we, we mentioned that there's got to be this distinction very, very, very quickly between working from home and working at home. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're quite different and the pendulum has actually swung. So everybody used to be in an office and now everyone's at home. Or is yep. the answer is kind of possibly in the middle and people have to understand the working from home piece that, you know, if I'm in this office here in the house that I might be Superman in here, but I got to become Clark Kent again when I go back out the door. <laughs> it's the opposite, you yeah. know, and then when I come back in here, I got to become Superman again. But, but, you know, yeah. you, you know what I'm getting at? It's, 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 yes. it's, it's, it's a, it's a funny example. Absolutely. And it's, and it's a difficult, it's a difficult balance to strike. And we were, so many of us were forced into that equation suddenly of, of managing or blurring yeah. the boundaries <laughs> so hard. Um, I think the other piece over here that kind of goes hand in hand is, is expectations, client expectations. Yeah. And especially for, for people like, for people like us, where there's not just one boss to answer to. There's many people that you are creating multiple kind of realms of results for. And yeah. so I found it really hard to manage everyone's expectations and say, well, I'm switched off now because yeah. it wasn't just saying it to one person. It was saying it to nine or 10 or 12 people. And not everyone's always understanding of that when you're a service sure. provider. Yeah. So I think that creates also this undue or unmanageable pressure for a lot of entrepreneurs, for a lot of service providers. Yeah, I think it's, you see, a lot of people in that in this space tend to learn on the job. There's yeah. nothing there to teach you all this before you go into it. And that's just saying like mm-hmm. a third of VC funded startups fold because of basically yeah. the founder or founders yes. folding personally. Yeah. Um, why? Because there's nothing there to alert you in advance of this. And you're kind of learning on the job. And I think hindsight's wonderful. And then when you kind of get experience, you begin to understand, okay, I need to tell clients that, you know, if you want the best of me, here's the way I operate. Mm-hmm. Here's why I operate that way. So you can have the best of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that everyone, every time you see me, you're getting, you, you know, you're getting nine yeah. out of 10, Paul, not five out of 10, Paul. Yeah. Um, I think when people understand that they're cool with it. Yeah. But the big thing is that we've got to understand it first. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got to, we've got to embrace it. Um, because yeah. otherwise we're doing everyone a disservice. We're doing ourselves a disservice. We're doing the people we work with a disservice. You know, and, and I see it, it ends up in a spiral. So somebody that's maybe charging a high enough rate, they mm. go into this performance spiral. What's, mm. What do they cling to? I'll pull my prices down because I'm not doing as well as I used to. So there's a mm. risk, the bottom in, in, in many, many different ways. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, and, and it's quite unfortunate. It's, it's hard to arrest because ultimately people then don't know how to call for help. You know, right. they, they know yeah. they kind of have to, but they don't know how to, and they don't know yeah. what to do. And or, yeah, yeah. Or what to call for help for even, because yeah. I wouldn't in that, I think when I was on my spiral, I had no idea what was going wrong. It's That's just it. that I didn't, yeah. I just didn't feel a hundred percent when I woke up or, or started my work or I felt so drained and you can't, you put it down to so many things. You're like, oh, I just didn't feel, I didn't, very, very I just didn't so. sleep right. Or well, one of those little things. <laughs> There's a few classic examples. I mean, one classic example is, um, and you see, I see this quite regularly. I mean, in, in a company where sales are dropping, they've got a sales team mm. and sales are falling. And, you know, that could be connected to many, many different reasons, but typically it's the performance or the ability to perform of the sales team, but sales are falling. What's the default thing they reach for? Send them on a course, send them on a course, a selling course about closing, about demonstrating, about this, mm. about this, about this. 
So mm. we've ticked all these boxes and nothing happens. Nothing happens. So we'll do more. We'll just do more right. of it again. And, and so that's this... that equation. That's the capability piece that they're piling exactly. on, piling on, yeah. piling on. But the ability piece is just not. Correct. You know, yeah. so the, the, you end up chasing the dragon a little bit on this one, you know, yeah. and it's, it's like it's you're just never getting there because mm. the ability is stuck. You know, mm. and these guys and girls are working bloody hard. They're good at what they do, but for whatever reason, you know, personal reasons, just life reasons, because of the grind, they're spinning yep. the wheels and yep. they're not conscious of that. And that, that, that affects everyone above. It affects everyone below. It affects people mm. at home. People bring work home with them. And it's just the nature of, say, the likes of salespeople, the same as entrepreneurs, business leaders. The nature of the beast is they take things personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they just won't let things beat them. And they'll, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll kind of... They'll, they'll try to overcome rather than outweigh. And mm. it's kind of a movable object needs unstoppable force. And, you know, it, there's, <laughs> there's a sense of inertia. Nothing changes. Yeah. Um, there's all this action and yet nothing changes, which is, which is a shame because help is at, is at hand. Um, mm. You just, as I said to you, it, it's been happening in the, the world of sports performance for so long that they just, they look on at corporate world and they go, what are you doing? What? <laughs> you know, they, they genuinely yeah. go like, what are they doing? Will they not just try this? It's kind of a disbelief yeah. thing almost at times. It's not condescending. It's just kind of going, what would they not just do this? You know, and, oh. and it's, 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 but again, it happens when you're in a spiral, you get tunnel vision. You, you can't mm -hmm. see anything. You just, you know, it's, it's everything's a blur and it's just the next moment. Absolutely. The next moment, the big thing and, and it's gone. And, and then another moment. And that feeling is, it's so consuming it, when, yeah. when you're on that downward spiral, there's, like you said, it is tunnel vision. It's just, you're, you're trying to figure out what is wrong, but you're looking just again. I think you look very heavily in the capability box. Cause that's what yeah. I used to do. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I just don't know how to sell. Maybe I just don't know how to do this. Maybe I just don't know how to present. Well, maybe I need a, a speaking coach. Maybe I need a, um, a performance coach. And I'd look at all of these. Mm -hmm. solutions to um to take back control because i just didn't know what the problem was well see that's it you see it's interesting to look at all these solutions so you go a little bit manic and the reason you do that is physiological you're, you're fueled by cortisol stress hormone mm. but that's got a you know that that's kind of a it's kind of got a, like a, a an atrophying effect on you right right because you just can't run on, on that stress hormone all the time no. again if i bring it back to the world of sport athletes are players that that will run on that all the time get injured mm. so their right. their catastrophic event is injury which stops them playing or competing mm -hmm. our catastrophic event is burnout mm -hmm. and which just stops us working or right. or leaves us kind of just working on on empty basically at a kind of a three yeah. or a rudimentary kind of level yeah and again if you go back to workplace team leadership team sales teams you extrapolate that across the team and it's it's a, it's a problem. It's a real, really, pro it's a real, really big problem. You can't buy your way out of it necessarily. No. Um, you've really kind of got to focus on, on changing habits. Yeah. Um, and then, but the good news is then when you change those habits, the performance culture changes because that's all mm. culture is, is a, is a, is a, is a series of habits that, that are done well consistently and you're ever improving. Right. And you're conscious of obviously. Um, and then right. it just, this, this, high performance level just becomes normal it becomes a better normal um it's not mm. this this grand kind of you know aspiration that you'll have that well maybe someday that can be me 
I mean, it can mm. be you anytime, but we need to have the work done. We need to have, you know, when we're building this, this house, we need to have the, the foundations laid properly. Yeah. If we don't, yeah. we build it on sand, it's going to crumble. That's just, that's Absolutely. just it. And even the, the, maybe someday that can be me, that what I call like destination sickness in so many cases mm. is also so stress inducing. So if you are in your moment, if you're already stressed out and you have your eyes on this goal and you're, and you're kind of struggling to get there it doesn't you're not in thrive mode in that it it just makes those feelings of inadequacy kind of rise up and the stress rises up everything just adds up and it feels like it's further and further away from you rather than you're working towards getting there that's it 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 becomes a negative stressful event and something positive positive stress which is kind of inspiring kind of stuff and it's like you know instead of you know, it's like the old saying, people throw stones that you catch the stones and build a castle with them. It's <laughs> it's kind of the same, it's the same kind of mindset. You just got to keep building one block on top of another, on top of another, on top of another. Yeah. And then you get to that lofty perch, mm. but you're not going to get there just at one big block. It's, it's mm. a series of steps, but it's a series of steps that are, I guess, grounded in, you know, in performance science, grounded in, in lifestyle science grounded in science yeah ground, yep. grounded in, in wonderful habits over many 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 years mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. you know that that serious people seriously smart people cottoned on to a long long time ago mm-hmm. um that if you have all those in place well then then you can start laying the stones on top of each other but then th- that progress fuels more progress yeah because yeah, you've got absolutely. momentum you get escape velocity from this state that you're in instead mm-hmm. of going around in circles you get this escape velocity and it's not just motion anymore it's momentum you know, yeah. so you just you going up then. That's yeah. it. It's just using physics. It's it's you know, so people operate in physics understand this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> get escape velocity, get momentum, you're away. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's I think that's that that's the 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 major benefit to really kind of getting an understanding in this stuff and, and understanding yeah. what it means for you personally, Absolutely. as opposed to kind of just, you know, there's 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 a hundred books on the shelf there with all right. the wisdom in the world. You know, yeah. I've read them, but doesn't mean I'm living them. No, because yeah. they're probably not specific to me. Whereas there's something with my name on it. I kind of go, mm-hmm. okay, time, yep. to, time to look up here. <laughs> I was, so my, you just made my next question completely redundant. Cause I was going to say, so is there like a cheat sheet of some kind, Paul, for the three S principles? <laughs> but I'm guessing it's like you said, it isn't a one size fits all. It's very much listening to, to your body, to your performance, to your capability and your ability. Yeah, I think, I mean, what I said earlier on about just, you know, getting the, getting your habits correct, that will, that will mm-hmm. bump you up a few levels. And then if you mm-hmm. kind of want to ascend into that more high performance state, it's about plugging into a, I guess a higher, or not even a higher, a deeper level of detail mm-hmm. that's specific to you so that we can, so you remember from the assessment that we did, not only are there the, the graphs and, and where we look at the physiology, but because there's an online journal, we plot events throughout your daytime versus these reactions and these responses in your physiology. Mm -hmm. So we can kind of say, okay, okay, that's a stressful event that occurs quite regularly. Well then what, as I said to you, maybe it's a presentation or whatever it might be that the the Monday morning sales meeting, what about fast, you know, figuring in 10, 15 minutes after that for just, you know, go for a coffee, go for a walk, listen to some music, whatever you're into basically. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then equally well understanding what's restorative to you. So, Another guy I did this with, um, he's a digital marketeer who works for himself, mm-hmm. um, got a successful business. And his thing was he does a lot of writing, content writing. 
he would have thought, yeah, that, that's a lot of my job, you know, and it can be quite stressful. But when we analyzed it, you know, any, any periods of content writing, he went into kind of this deep restorative state. It was like, it was like being asleep almost. It was the same effect physiologically on him as being asleep. Yeah. Now he didn't realize that, but because he was able to see that, he kind of went, all right, okay, I'm going to factor in a little bit more of this or mm. shorter periods, but more of them. So he was able that's, to play with that then. Because yeah, he that's so interesting. Because yeah. I, I, think, I think we saw writing, I had a small block where I yeah. blocked out some time to write. And I think we saw writing was was deeply restorative for me as well. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's an interesting thing to well, take Well, I guess back. you have to be, I mean, you've got to be present with it, I guess. Uh, you yeah. know, and you're, you're quite, yeah. you're quite in the moment. You're quite present. There's no distraction. And whilst, yeah, it, you know, the, the right ideas might be coming to you and there's a little bit of stress involved in that, the mm. whole act of being present with something, not distracted, not looking at your phone, not triggered. Yeah. Brings you into yeah, that flow that. state, which by itself, I mean, it's the same as cooking. When you're cooking, you're cooking. You can't be kind of doing three other things or, no. or it ends up. No, in, I've tried know, and it, yeah, yeah, it ends up it just a hard mess. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's exactly it. So, I mean, you know, and it was, it was the same with you when you were cooking, it was quite restorative for you as well. Mm. So it's about understanding. It's not just about understanding the negative. It's about understanding the positive and extenuate the positives as well. Um, it's too easy to focus on the negative. Look, and we've all got them. We're not going to eliminate stress. Don't even try no. because we need it. You know, if you're going to be a, a nine out of 10 performer, you need it, but you need to know how to make it work for you and you need mm. to know how to switch it off. And mm. that's, that's the big thing. And that's where, you know, as I said to you, the, the cheat sheet stuff will kind of get you to a six or seven out of 10 quite regularly. But if you want to kind of ascend up the ladder again, you've yeah. really kind of got to understand at a deeper level. Probably yeah. no different to any other principles. It's just understanding at a deeper level. But right. yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, instant kind of improvement can be made just by, as I said, getting more active, really focusing on your sleep and the hour before your bedtime and then looking at mm-hmm. your day in terms of your stress levels you know, maybe leave 15 minutes earlier in the morning if traffic is a big stressor for you. Things like that. Right. Yeah. You know, understanding yeah. Yeah. the pattern of your daytime, you know, Absolutely. the regular events I don't like doing. So, you know, but I have to do them. So I'm kind of mm. going to factor in a bit of, you know, recovery for want of a better phrase after, after them. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, what's been, so t- two more questions and I'm yeah. going to let you go. Um, <laughs> so one is, what what has been a shift that you've made off the back of kind of learning about this a little bit deeper that's made the biggest impact for you in terms of performance and keeping your body resource battery up there? Um, yeah, I suppose to kind of get away from the, the physiology performance speak, um, I think it's being a bit kinder to yourself um, mm-hmm. in the sense of saying, look, I'm not Superman. We're all getting older. OK, mm-hmm. so that's just norm. That's what we can do with that. So we got, we got to play with that instead of against mm-hmm. that. So I kind of, I understand that across the daytime, I've got to factor in 10 minute blocks here and there three or four times during the day where I just pick up a book, I tune into a podcast, I look mm-hmm. out the window, whatever it might be, <laughs> but I'm there doing that for those 10 or 15 minutes. I get away mm-hmm. from what I was doing. Probably the second thing would be um, the, the period before bedtime. Um, yeah. being quite conscious of, I guess, not doing anything that will leave me triggered. Um, mm. And, you know, even though I know all this, I still find it quite challenging because, you know, the, the, you got to turn off your alerts on the phone. You got to, yeah. you know, there's devices everywhere, right? The phone's over there, the iPad's there. Yeah. There's all of these yeah. kind of things, you know, and even I think- simple things like, you know, media. 
yeah. where, you know, media is there on TV, for example, or radio is designed to get a reaction out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but my <laughs> response has to be, no, I'm not going to let anything like that do that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just been conscious in that hour before bedtime of kind of coming down as opposed yeah. to kind of going to bed kind of a bit angry with life and things and then looking forward to tomorrow or looking back at today. It's just like saying, yeah. okay, just come down into the now. So for me, that's just, you know, as I said, might listen to some music um, or just, just read a, a, a fiction type book, which I was never very good at. You know, if, it, <laughs> if I turn the camera and shows you the bookshelf, it's all, it's all sports related performance, oh, yeah. work, worky stuff, if you want worky to call stuff, it that. Yeah. That's um, it's the same for me. I had my sister-in-law asked me the other day if she could borrow um, some books from me. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. you can come and have a look at my bookshelf, <laughs> but I don't think there's anything on there that you're going to enjoy apart That's from it. like maybe one copy of something that someone's gifted me at some point. Everything else is like business books and um, yeah, and marketing stuff and nothing, mm-hmm. nothing too interesting for Yeah, them. So it's they're, they're, they're probably the, the the big changes that I've made that mm-hmm. have that have resulted in 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 better outcomes out the other side. Um, so it's yeah. like it's the old saying: you, you get out of it what you put into it. And that's yeah. that's the point. If you want you know better outcomes, you you got to make better changes. That's that's mm-hmm. just there's no you can't negotiate yeah. on that one. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that, Paul. If uh, so, first I want to ask you about your logo because it's right behind you and I can see yeah, it. Yeah. What what do the four kind of pinball needles <laughs> mean and I'm, I'm seeing a kind of I kind of see the concept in it but I'd like you to explain yeah, it to there's, me <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit of that there's there's a there's quite a bit going on there so you've got the C piece um the 3s will eventually become 4s so therefore there's four elements um, ah. I, won't, I won't tell you what the fourth s is just yet but that, oh, that will come. <laughs> um and then the the shape there is kind of it's i don't know if you can see it in it it's akin to a human moving running i see it so if you take it that being the head yeah okay that's an arm that's kind of a leg uh, yes <laughs> so the arms are kind of like that so it's that yeah. performance piece even though connect performance is not implicitly a sports business or anything right. like that it's it's around that momentum piece getting yeah, you yeah momentum. i get it um, yeah. as opposed to inertion so that's the um that's i'm the, also seeing kind around. of yeah i'm also seeing the kind of the yeah, sprint and then calm down the sprint and then calm down kind of yeah. happening in an infinite circle so yeah I, I i guess there was like lots of levels of symbolism there and i thought i should ask you no no it's <laughs> fine it's we... cool it's cool it's, um, it was interesting cool. to me because the first time i've seen it i kind of went what is that yeah <laughs> And then but then it, it worked out. out. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. That's clever. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's a good it's a good looking logo. Um, Paul, if people want to find you, where do they find you? Where do we where do we send them? Yeah, sure. Um, probably they get me on LinkedIn. Uh, mm-hmm. Just look for Paul Clark. Um, Connect Performance. You find me there. Um, website is connectperformance.ie, and then probably the other site is really Twitter. So it's at Connect Perform on Twitter. Okay. Um, okay, three press, so LinkedIn, the website, and at Connect Perform, yeah, correct. Fantastic. I'm going to link to all of these in our show notes as well. Thank you so much for giving me some time today. That was a fantastic conversation as always. Cool. Enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> See you, Paul. See ya.
Hey, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Paul just pours so much into everything he does, and I think he did just that with this episode too. All links to connect with Paul are up on adityjn.com slash podcast slash episode two. Once again, that's adityjn.com slash podcast slash episode two. If you found value in today's episode, share it with a colleague or a friend along with your top sticky note from today's conversation so every time i listen to a podcast uh, i make these little sticky notes that go around the house the right so i have some on the refrigerator and i have some in my office and um these are little things little gems that i picked up that i want to remember or that i want to read up on so if you've made any sticky notes from today's conversation then please pass them along to a friend or a colleague along with the link to the episode if you do this on social media then please include the hashtag help me unlock podcast so that I can give you a shout out and send you a big virtual hug. Thank you for listening. I hope you keep growing in ways that matter most to you. I'll see you in another episode.